This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast, the only podcast that sends out a hitman if you don't tip him right. I am your bartender for the evening. I am Anthony. You can call me the dude. That's just fine with me. How is everybody doing this weekend? There's been a lot going on this last weekend. You know, celebrity deaths and it's they're, it's getting scary out there, people. So I hope you're all taking care of yourselves. I mean, it seems like Betty White woke up or uh, went up to the pearly gates and said, wait a minute, if I'm going, I'm taking a whole bunch of people with me. And, you know, her selection has been people that uh, have meant a lot to the entertainment industry. So, you know, uh, you know, I just want you guys to stay safe out there. I like, I like it that you guys come back and listen to this podcast every now and then. It means a lot to me. But with that said, we're going to start off today with the drink special. This drink special comes from crystalmixer.com. This is called Closing Time Kool-Aid. Now, uh, this one, you know, don't let the name fool you. Don't let your kids take a drink out of this one because it's pretty heavy. Um, First of all, you're going to need need to get yourself a pounder glass. You're going to fill that up with ice, and you're going to pour in an ounce of vodka, one ounce of blue carousel, one ounce of DeKuyper Cherry Berry Pucker Schnapps, one ounce of Triple Sec, one ounce of 99 Apples Apple Schnapps, and fill with Kool-Aid. How you decide to garnish it, that's your problem. And, I mean, the, according to the picture here, they threw, like, uh, orange wedges and limes and uh, strawberries and stuff like that. But uh, that's totally up to you, what you have available in your tray, because, you know, I look at a lot of these recipes on the internet to tell about to you guys and they've got these outrageous things i mean that's probably for like the really high-end places not like the uh, hole-in-the-wall bars like i used to work at but the high-end places that might have the time to uh put on a thinly sliced uh orange rind or uh whatever else you can think of i got nothing right now but um, you know, relatively simple drink. And remember, if you want to tell me what you thought of it, what your customers thought of it, all you have to do is email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com, or you can message me and follow me on any of the social medias on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. It is all at Hey Bartender Podcast. You know, the other night I was kind of kicking back and uh, you know, just dealing with my thoughts and you know, because a lot of crazy things go in and out of my head, memories. Uh, strange ideas that, you know, that's what you ha- what happens when, uh, you live alone. But I started thinking about the nights that I'd close up the bar and, it, you know, some of those nights were actually, uh, pretty mundane, you know, nights that aren't really memorable or anything like that. But, you know, I just sat back and thought about it and some, uh, kind of group goofy things would happen every now and then, but other nights it was pretty much nothing, but, Let's uh, let's take it back here, people. See if you can relate to me with this stuff. Okay, it's closing time. You've wrapped up everybody's tabs. You're uh, getting them out the door. And finally, that last person goes out the door and you lock the door behind them. So uh, usually in this case, after I was done doing that, I would start wandering around the bar a little bit, 
to take a look around, make sure there are no stragglers, nobody that fell asleep in the bathroom, nobody that's still playing video poker, or just somebody that's hiding in a corner somewhere. It happened to me one time where we were closing up. I was actually working with uh, my friend Barb, and we were closing up the bar for the night, and uh, we hadn't locked the door yet, but we were on our way to do that. And all of a sudden, some dude just walks in. Actually, I knew the guy. He was the father of one of our regulars. But he just kind of wandered in and scared the crap out of Barb. She just kind of came around the corner. Boom, there he was. And we informed him that he's closed and his son wasn't there. And he uh, politely turned around and walked out the door. We uh, Barb immediately locked the door right after that and made sure that the open sign was off. But, uh, you know, you got to look out for things like that because... Uh, you remember you have control of who's in the bar and you don't want somebody in the bar. That's going to, um, you know, cause you trouble when you're by yourself. However, when I, uh, in one of the bars that I used to close up late at night and, you know, just, this is about one 30 in the morning. Um, uh, last person walks out the door and most of the time I did not have anybody there with me, uh, on nights that I worked by myself course when i was i worked with a partner of course me and the partner would uh bust bust out all the side work and count the money and cleaning as fast as we could but there were a lot of nights where i was just there by myself once in a while yeah i would uh a customer that i liked uh would hang out and you know give uh just give me give me some company in fact over at the other bar one of the other bars my cook he uh he and i just enjoyed talking about pop culture all night and I think he would kind of just kind of stuck around just to make sure that I made sure the back door was locked. But when I was by myself, I would, first of all, lock the door and kind of take a deep breath and then walk through the kitchen because every once in a while, uh, the cook would leave the gas on or something like that. And so, you know, I don't want to come back to work the next day to a building that's exploded. And so I'd check things out like that. I would... Uh, you know, look around corners, look in the office, take uh, take a quick look inside the bathrooms, make sure I don't see anything going on in there. Go over to the poker machines because the poker machines were cleverly hidden behind a separate wall to make sure that uh, kids under the age of uh, twenty one could not uh, wouldn't be tempted to go over and play them. And then you know, that's pretty much when when I realized that there was nobody in the bar. That's pretty much when the cleanup started. Now. Cleanup, for some reason, I had a lot of trouble with, especially uh, uh, at the first uh, full-on bar that I worked at. When I worked uh, at banquets before that, uh, there was no trouble because I had like five or six people working with me. But at the first real bar that I worked at, I used to have troubles every now and then because some of the customers would do stupid shit and hide glassware under the tables, between the poker machines, and or uh you know just in strange places there was one bar i worked at where they uh they used uh, the six pack uh boxes that beer came in for all of the uh, for the ketchup mustard for the malt vinegar and all that stuff and people would hide their glasses in there just so they could uh get another drink at last call but at this uh at the first bar i worked at I would have tr- trouble all the time because I would get a note from the boss the next day saying that they opened up the poker machines and a glass fell down and broke, and they were seriously mad at me for that. 
I never took them seriously because they never confronted me face to face about it. They were dipshits and just left a note. And I would even walk by, say, hey, man, or, you know, I'm not going to say his or her name that uh, owned and ran the bar. I'd say, what's up? And then I'd pick it up, uh, get my tips from the, uh, the credit card tips from the night before. And then I'd read this note. And I'm like, I just, after a while, I just tossed it over my shoulder because I thought it was just complete horseshit that they didn't have the balls to confront me face to face. But come on, let's face it. There are times where you uh, practically need a pair of, uh, infrared goggles to find out where some of this glassware was because people decided to leave it at the table or just get it off the table. Because uh, during the uh, during my shift when I was there by myself, I was busy a lot. And to leave the bar and go pick up glassware, there were blind spots all over this bar where I couldn't keep an eye on. So, so if a customer was up at the, table, uh, at the bar waiting for another drink, I couldn't see them. If a, a customer decided to walk behind the bar and serve themselves... I couldn't see them. So um, it was tough to try to keep up with glassware out on the floor and emptying the ashtrays just because I'm the only one there. I had no dishwasher, no busser from pretty much 9 o'clock on. Now, this is just my point of view and my excuses. I mean, the other people I work with, like Shannon, she she was a bartender for a long time before I was and had some uh, really great habits that I didn't have when I first started and only probably gained about 40% of them because you know there are a lot of nights I was just flat out lazy now this is uh the point in night where I decide okay now I got to start picking up all the stray glasses and like I said once in a while I would miss this one stray glass that was hidden underneath the table definitely behind the poker machines because it was dark back there but uh I'd start going around pick up a few glasses take them over to the little uh hand washing sink that was next to the bar stack them up on there, go back, go get some more, maybe wipe down the table if I grabbed the last glass that was on that table. And then uh, I would try to work it so that uh, I would, you know, while some glasses were uh, getting put in the washing machine, I would uh, do something else. That's what I tried to do. Didn't always work out because I would get started. I'd throw some glassware into the wash and then go out and start wiping down tables, then I'd forget about it. The, you know, the glasses had been done for 10, 15 minutes, and I, uh, and I was like, damn it. And, but anyway, so I would stack all the glassware. Um, I, I, wish, I always wished that I worked in one of those bars that had a dishwasher right there underneath the bar. I did work in one, but the business uh, wasn't heavy enough in that bar in order to really justify uh, working there. Uh, well, uh, it, there, w- there was no business there, but I did have a glass machine uh, that I could do glassware real quick, but I had so little customers there because nobody wanted to go there. The, people kept getting overserved there, and so the cops were watching it like a hawk, and I couldn't, you know, nobody wanted to go there because of just that thing. Too many cops watching, I'm going to go somewhere else. But anyway, so I'm, uh, you know, I throw some dishware or glasses into the dishwasher in the back in the kitchen, and then I go out, wipe down some tables, put some chairs up, try to remember to go back, take that rack out, put the new rack in, go back out, wash some, uh, wipe down some tables, put the chairs up, because you had to put the chairs up so that the morning crew could come in and uh, vacuum the floor first thing. But on those nights where I was really on top of what I was doing, I would be in back 
And uh, this is where the weird things would often happen, where paranoia really strikes in sometimes. Uh, hopefully, somebody, of you, some of you can relate to me with this one. Like, I'd be in the uh, back of the kitchen, running the glassware through uh, the dishwasher, maybe even inside the uh, walk-in freezer restocking the beer, and then all of a sudden, a song comes up on the jukebox. I, I guess I forgot to turn it off. I thought I turned it off, but all of a sudden a song starts blaring uh, on the jukebox. And uh, it was always fun to blame the ghost there, Phil. I've talked about Phil many times. and But the funniest thing about it was, I think my manager, uh, who was the owner's daughter, was moderating the uh, music that was getting put into that jukebox because she thought she was still in with the kids, you know, and she was, uh, I want to, I think she was still in her late twenties about that time. She was only slightly older than my sister. So yeah, maybe late twenties. And uh, so she would have like pop music in a bar, you know, and you know, all, all that time I worked in a bar, I just never saw pop music being relevant. I mean, this one particular night that I'm thinking of that I thought was kind of funny where I just went, God damn it, Phil. Uh, I was uh, putting glassware away, and then all of a sudden, Spice Up Your Life from the Spice World soundtrack comes up on the speakers, and I didn't even know we had that album on the jukebox. I thought we had Skinner, uh, Alice in Chains, Billy Joel, Elton John, uh, uh, Stone Temple Pilots. You know, we I thought we had good old-fashioned rock and roll, but no. Somehow a Spice Girls album made it in there. And I was just like, where the hell did that come from? Is that even in our jukebox? And I went and looked. Yep, sure enough, there it was. And along with a Dixie Chicks album, well, they're just called the Chicks now, I think. But, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that my manager uh, moderated that. And so she was putting in music that she liked that a lot of customers didn't necessarily like. But let's admit it, people, hearing Spice World is a little bit better than hearing Freebird for the 37th time in one night. Am I right? But anyway, once I realized that music was playing out in the jukebox and I was laughing to myself, I guess Phil wants to listen to some Spice Girls tonight. Sorry, Phil, it's not going to happen. I walk over to the volume switch that's behind the bar and I quickly smack it, turn it off. And uh, But I got a couple TVs still going. Some of the TVs out in the pool area... Um, I would shut off. That would give the customers a hint. Okay, we're trying to close here. And uh, the TVs that were near the bar, most of the time I'd change the, um, change the channel on those because I'm tired. Uh, I don't, I have no interest in ESPN whatsoever. And plus they're on the, like the third rerun of their wrap up for the day. And so I would turn it over to like VH1 MTV back when they showed music videos or I turn it over to Comedy Central just for a little bit of noise in the background. So um, we, uh, I'm doing the dishes, and then I'm, I start to bring the racks of glasses back up to the front. Now, you, everybody, I'm sure, does the same thing. We put the pounders in the refrigerator. We put the fancy tornado glasses, martini glasses, wine glasses. We put it on that sliding rack up on top, or we put them underneath the bar on the, uh, on the dry mats. And, well, one night I was uh, by myself and I was uh, pissed off because a lot of stuff was happening to me that night. And I could totally blame Phil for that too, but, you know, it's just, 
things that uh, would happen in anyway. Like we had these uh, 12-inch fluorescent lights underneath the bar so that we could uh, see the glassware, so that we could uh, look at IDs and stuff like that. But I was putting away some glassware, some of the uh, buckets, some of the rocks glasses, and then all of a sudden my hand brushes up against something and I get zapped. And I'm like, what the hell? Why did I just get zapped? I looked underneath and one of the fluorescent bulbs was missing and my hands went across the positive and negative terminals of that light fixture and I got zapped. And that pissed me off and I was... Uh, I was just like, what the hell? This, you know, it was only, uh, well, what, maybe 24 volts DC, you know, 24 volts DC, maybe 120. I don't know, but it, enough to piss me off, not enough to hurt me. And I actually, I remember going up to the boss the next time I saw him and I said, listen, look at that right there. There's a, uh, a light fixture that doesn't have a bulb in it that uh, zapped me the other night. And you know what his uh, explanation or, you know, what his solution for for that was? Don't touch it. You know what? My hands were wet and I was putting glassware away and glassware goes directly underneath that. Somebody's going to zap themselves again. You want to get sued? Your problem, not mine. But, uh, yeah, he was just like, well, don't touch it. You know, it's one of those Groucho Marx routines to him, I guess. But, you know, I'm still putting glassware away. And at one point, I think I was getting a little bit too... Uh, um, what, what's the word? I was getting a little bit too, um, cocky with how many glasses I could get in my hands at once and then put them into the refrigerator. And I maybe just maybe grabbed one too many uh, for that point in time, or the glass was hot and it burned me or something like that. You know, you, you all uh, can relate to that where it just comes right out of the dishwasher and it's scolding hot. And, uh, but luckily there were no customers that had time to cool down, but I, I had too many in my hand and all of a sudden one of the glasses slipped out of my hand and it shattered all over the floor. But the one, one part that fascinated me is I never watched slow motion capture. I'd never watched Mythbusters at this point because it was still early 2004 Mythbusters came out. This one shard of glass came up and stabbed me in my left arm. And it was a good one-inch shard of glass. And once again, pissed me off. I was like, God damn it. Now I have to sweep up all the floor. I looked at the shard of glass in my arm, grabbed it, and then threw it on the ground. And, you know, I was I was just almost livid uh, by this point. Because what else can go wrong tonight? Even though the things that were going wrong were relatively small. Really nothing. I, felt, I guess I just felt like complaining. So I get all the glassware back up into the refrigerator but then all of a sudden i hear boom now what the hell was that and i quickly turn around start looking around see if i can find anybody see if, uh see if there was anything going on and of course you go into almost call of duty mode uh very 2020 uh remark for early 2000s job but when you hear a mysterious sound that you weren't expecting you hear just thud and you start going to Call of Duty mode and you start, you know, maybe duck around the corner and, you know, try to step lightly, look around the corner. Uh, and then, you know, just you, I got stupid. I'm not going to say any of you guys do it, but I got stupid because, you know, I unexpected noise. What's what's about to happen? 
turned out it was just only one of the chairs. I guess I didn't put it up there properly up on top of the table, and it decided to fall off. Once again, I blamed Phil. And, uh, you know, I think I even remember uh, muttering to myself, you keep it up, Phil. I ain't afraid of no ghost. And, you know, call the Ghostbusters in here and get uh, take care of your ass. And uh, this, you know, this is before I knew about uh, people using sage to burn the spirits out of place, but not like I was going to do that anyway. But by this time, all the glassware is put away, the beer is restocked. I made sure uh, some of you bartenders probably out there can know about this. I had a coworker that would get livid, pissed off, and, and when a keg would pop during his shift, he would be so angry. It's goddamn motherfucking, and then go back into the uh, into the refrigerator. You'd hear the old keg slam against the wall, and then the new keg gets slammed up against the wall onto a shelf. And then he would uh, he would put the tap on it, and then come back out and start reserving beer. Either that, uh, or he would just say nobody uh, changed out the keg before my shift, so I'm uh, we no longer have this beer tonight. And then I look at the taps that he put a red solo cup on top of. And I said, dude, you've put kegs on top of Coors and Coors Light. Those outsell every single thing on our menu. You can't can't go all night without Coors and Coors Light. And he goes, oh, he says, well, I just don't want to change the keg. And I and it was one of one of those nights where I was just there, feeling generous. And so I said, calm the fuck down. I'll go do it. And he, no, I'll do it. And no, no, you stay up here. You serve your customers. I'll go into the back real quick. I'll change those kegs for you. Took me a whole minute and a half. I mean, what the hell was he bitching about? But at closing time, I wasn't one of those guys that would check the beer kegs because uh, I was thinking that, you know, if you change out a beer keg and it's uh, less than half of what's supposed to be in there, you're wasting money. Uh, You know, there's still a lot of money to be made out of that keg. So, but he, I guess he wanted to be one of those, uh, one of those guys that would change out the keg so it wouldn't burst for the night shift. I never did that ever because to me, there's still money to be made in that keg and I'm not going to waste beer. Um, there, you know, I just said the word waste beer and I'm sure there's a bunch of people whose ears perked up and said, you don't waste beer. But you know, that, that guy I worked with, he was, he, he was just like that. He, uh, He'd get upset if he had to do uh, change out a keg, which I never really cared. Uh, even uh, when I was working with Shannon from time to time, she would uh, shout out at me, hey, the Mirror Pond Ale uh, just popped, and I'd say, okay, I'll be right on it, and I'd run back, swap it out real quick, and then get back to work. Easy as, easy as nothing. I mean, come on. Uh, uh, the only pain in the ass is when you ran out of uh, nit- uh, nitrogen for the Terminator spouts or ran out of co2 that uh you know and you didn't have a replacement bottle god that sucked but yeah i put the beer bottles up but i wouldn't change out any kegs because hey money to be made so now we get down to the money now all you bartenders and servers out there a lot of people don't ever realize that you are really good at counting money you uh could probably compete with a bank teller in some cases, because, uh, well, you know, you think about it, you're closing up at the end of the night and you got to start doing now the way they did it at this particular bar that I worked at some bars I worked at, all you had to do is just take all the money out of the register, throw it in a little pouch, toss it in the safe. No biggie. 
and some other places you had to count out a certain amount of money so that the next person that ran that till could have um, could have a starter till, and then you took the rest of the money and you threw it in in the safe. But uh, in this case, uh, you basically had to take all the dollar bills out and count up all the money. And uh, once you've counted it up, uh, counted it up, you told them how many in whichever denomination it was, and put it on a piece of paper. So you could you reach into the till, you grab out all the ones, and you can't count them out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Now, however, I'm you know I'm not going to try to demonstrate it on an audio podcast how I used to do it because that's just stupid. But uh, when I uh, when I went to other places, like when my parents owned a dollar store some years ago, uh, they saw me count money the way I do as a bartender, and they stood there and said, "You missed some. You missed a lot." And I said, no, I didn't. There's $65 in ones there. And they're like, no, you didn't. And then I'd see my dad do the fold-over method and, you know, to take him by the corner, bring it down, one, two, much slower than what I did. But I'd just slap those out, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And, uh, but then all of a sudden at the end, he's like, oh, crap, you were right. And I said, I know. I count money. That's what I do. But... Uh, you know, I'm not saying I made mistakes where I'm only human, but, um, uh, but the only part about counting out the money I hated, absolutely hated, please people, uh, you know, agree with me on this. You go over, uh, at, uh, one of the bars that I worked at, the bartender had to close out both tills. There was one till for the servers and there was one till for the bartenders and nine times out of 10, uh, the servers would see that they only have maybe two dimes left and then open an entire roll of dimes. And that would piss me off because now I have to count every single dime. And, you know, it's going to happen eventually, sure. But when you're there late at night and all you want to do is go home, you got to start counting out every single dime or they opened up a roll of dimes and a roll of pennies. We never use pennies. Why are they even in the registers? But yes, we, uh, you, they open up a whole, a whole new roll. So you have to count those out too. And it would piss me off. And, but uh, there were times where I, when I worked with people, I would make a game out of it because, uh, a very annoying game, an eight game that where possibly any of you normal people out there, would kick the ass of the person that did it to you. They're standing there. They are pissed off. They announced, somebody opened a goddamn roll of nickels. And so they start counting 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. And then I walk up and just go 7, 7, 7, 7, 7. And then they lose count and they got to start over again. But not until they've thrown something at me. Barb did one night get revenge on me because I was closing out the registers and she just decided to start telling me the story you, you know i was driving down highway 26 and then when i got to i-5 uh, i had to make a left turn but realized that there were like 37 cars going down the street and i was in the car with two other people and she you know that was her way of getting back at me and you know what it worked it absolutely worked i <laughs> and i was like i just stop and i start laughing and i go yeah i deserve that and she, she's like fuck yeah you do for those of you bartenders who are uh 
closing up your bar as you're listening to this podcast uh and you were counting right then and there when i started uh saying all those numbers really sorry but you know the money gets taken care of you count it out sometimes you take your uh take your credit card tips out right away sometimes your boss gives it to you the next day or adds it to your paycheck however you deal with your credit card tips that's pretty much dependent on where you work but uh um uh, my last uh, bar job, the uh, the ticket, uh, you know, you hit the closeout button and then it th- uh, throws out a giant receipt for you to read. And then all you had to do was just count out all the money that was supposed to be uh, your sales for the night. And then the extra money that wasn't part of your sales, that was your credit card tips. So uh, that's how you got that uh, really quick. Other places I worked, they gave you the, uh, they gave you the, credit card tips the next day. I didn't catch them or I didn't count up my credit card tips from the night before. I let them completely handle it since I knew that my boss was ultra anal retentive. Uh, uh, I just went ahead and trusted him. Even, but uh, there, there were a couple, a couple stories that came out a lot later where I was just like, I don't know, maybe I should go back and count that. But there you got your money taken care of. Uh, you're uh, no longer mad that somebody opened up a new uh, roll of uh, pennies that you had to count. And so you have to sit down. Guess what? It's logbook time. Logbook time. That's probably the most important thing of your night where you have to uh, make a few remarks on what happened throughout your night. If anything particularly interesting happened, like two guys decided to start fighting or uh, somebody broke a window or anything like that, you have to uh, put it in the logbook because, uh, you know, you need that as proof of, uh, you know, it's what they're going to use when if something should happen and the cops want to go back and get evidence or whatever. So, you know, you write down in the logbook, uh, okay, this person uh, was cut off because, uh, because they had one too many. I refused service to this other guy because uh, he was drunk when he came in. And, you know, you write things down like that. That night, I was telling you about earlier, where I got uh, zapped by a light fixture, and I got that shard of glass in my hand. I wrote those down, and I I guess, uh, you know, I, I went off on it a little bit. I was uh, really pissed off. And because my, my father was actually longtime friends with, the, uh, form, with my former boss. And I guess he gave my dad a call that day and said, I have a feeling uh, Anthony's going to come in in a really bad mood today and told him what I wrote down in the logbook. And uh, dad just laughed and he, uh, he said, nah, he'll be fine. Uh, just uh, just leave him alone about it. And which, you know, my boss, he, was, he wasn't going to do anything about it anyway. If he wanted to confront me about it, he would have written me a note. But I did, uh, you know, celebrate some milestones. Like first time I made, uh, did over uh, $1,200 in sales in one night. I wrote that in there with big, huge capital letters saying, who to man? Yeah, uh, that was a, a thing to say back then. You don't say that anymore. I know I can understand that. But I thought I was the shit because I, uh, I worked an insanely busy night by myself and still got all the work done, still kept my sanity Everybody in the bar was happy, and, you know, it was a good night. I didn't have any fights, nothing, so I was overly proud of it. There were 
times where I put things on there like everybody was drunk and happy. Okay, don't put that. Now, I wrote that down as a joke, but thinking I was funny. But that's not something that if the Liquor Control Commission comes in and wants to read your logbook, that's not something they want to see. So they look at it and go, so you get people drunk here. And me being a newbie at the time, I probably went, yeah, it's a bar. What else do you do here? But apparently, Liquor Control Commission does not think that's funny. So once you get your logbook done, you're pretty much done for the day. All you have to do is clock out, and then you're on your way. Now, I've told you about what I uh, do uh, when I'm by myself, but there were some nights where I let one or two customers kind of hang out and drink coffee uh, because once one thirty came around, we were no longer allowed to serve alcohol. But all they wanted to do is sit, drink coffee, maybe draw for a little while, or I asked them to stick around, just keep me company for a little bit. And usually when I'd offer them an opportunity to just sit there and keep keep me company is because the uh, my uh, bartender, Tingle, uh, told me that they're having problems and maybe they might want a place to hang out and uh, just chill out for a little while, not necessarily talk to anybody about it, but I'd let them just kind of hang out while I did my job. Sometimes they'd talk, sometimes they wouldn't. I, um, you know, I... Talks, uh, would talk to this one girl who was just overly stressed out about school or this other girl that was uh, having uh, problems with her boyfriend because he was the insanely jealous type. And I said, well, if he's the insanely jealous type, if he finds that you're hanging out in a bar alone with me after closing hours, because he was a bartender too, uh, he might get a little uncomfortable with that. And she's like, oh, no, don't worry about him. He likes you. Most of the guys usually just kind of uh, split as soon as possible. But usually, like, coworkers that were there on their nights off or maybe even the occasional regular customer, I'd just let them sit and hang out for a little while. When they were ready to leave, uh, I sent them out the door. Or if I, I was ready to leave, they were definitely going out the door. But uh, this particular night that I, uh, I was thinking about, uh, I didn't, wasn't really wanting to go home right away. And so I decided... Uh, I, as I'm, you know, uh, throwing the cash in the safe and, uh, starting to turn off lights, I'm uh, about to turn off the TV and all of a sudden I see on comedy central, this movie comes up and I thought that looks familiar. I know that movie. It turned out to be Weird Al Yankovic's movie UHF. It's the only movie that he's ever made. Uh, but it's a comedy classic. I will tell you that right now. It's, uh, parody of a whole bunch of movies, which everybody knows where Dianikovic is the king of parodies. So I decided I want to watch this for a little while. So I had no problem, you know, taking down a couple chairs at a table and poured myself a Coca-Cola because I don't drink. I'm about to drive home. Uh, and I, uh, and plus I'm bad with alcohol, but uh, I pour myself a Coke and I just decide to sit there and just relax for a few minutes before dr- jumping in my car and driving uh, the half hour home. And, you know, UHF, great movie. Uh, for those of you people out there that uh, this was made in the mid-80s and it's comedy gold, if you ask me. Of course, a lot of the references in that movie are really dated right now. So if you're between 20 and 30, you probably wouldn't get many of the jokes. But it was kind of fun just sitting there in the quiet bar, relaxing, 
and you know just having having a soda before uh getting uh getting up and heading home i didn't sit there and watch the whole movie i just caught maybe the first half hour and decided i can't stay here all night and so i put my uh put my glass away and put the chairs back up turned off the tvs and then do one more sweep around the bar make sure everything's cool and inevitably miss that one beer glass that's hidden behind the poker uh poker machine that the boss will find the next morning i had no worries about that and then i start to head out the back door because uh we didn't have keys to lock the door from the outside so we had to go out the emergency exit out the back but of course as tradition states when i was working in that bar right before you walk out the door you got to say goodnight to phil so you know right before i uh hit the uh hit uh hit the door i'd say goodnight phil and then uh, walk right out the door. Now, this is the part where I want you guys to be a little bit cautious. Because this is the time of night, maybe about, uh, uh, well, right after all the bars closed, there's still people out h- hanging around. In my case, in the town that I worked in, there was really nothing going on by this time. But every once in a while, uh, you got to keep an eye on yourself. Pay attention to your surroundings as you're walking over to your car. Some people would park their car uh, exceptionally close to that exit door and just so they they could just run from, once they got out the back door, run to their cars. I parked wherever there was a spot available. Sometimes the, uh, the I don't know, the mini mall that, we worked, that I worked at, they would get a little edgy about us parking up close to the building and insist that's for customers. But so I would park pretty much wherever I felt like, uh, unless somebody told me different. But there were a lot of bushes, a lot of uh, sitting places and stuff like that. So it's best when you're walking to your car to pay attention to your surroundings. Now, for some of you people that uh, feel like you need some kind of protection walking to your car, I don't condone people carrying weapons. Um, I don't, uh, I mean, I have my, I, I own my own but uh, I don't really, uh, I'm not going to tell you guys you should carry a knife, you should carry a, a gun. No, I'm not going to tell you guys that uh, because that's your own decision. Uh, but I never did. I never carried, made sure to carry a pocket knife on my way out the door. I never carried a gun at that point in time in my life. And uh, But the best defense tool that you can have are your own car keys. Just spread out your car keys in between your fingers up up close to the knuckles and if somebody comes after you you can start jab motions and then take out their eye or, uh and that would uh seriously seriously uh deter them from uh wanting to grab you or whatever so you know go for the eyes you know go for the eye gouges or uh you know the inner thigh uh i learned in uh uh my martial arts class you go if you pinch the inner thigh of somebody that hurts like hell but pay attention to your surroundings as you're walking to your car, just because, you know, people can jump out from any corner. Now, I'm not saying be uh, overly cautious, but, you know, just take care of yourselves. Make sure that you're looking around and paying attention to what's going on. You don't have a lot on your mind. You maybe have a song in your head or something's pissing you off from the, earlier in the night that you're still ranting about in your head. But, uh, you know, just make sure that you're, uh, awake and alert as you're walking out the door as you're heading to your car. But once you get in your car, well, if you're one of those 
people that unlocks the car door and then has to look in the back seat, by all means, go for it. I'm not going to make fun of you for it. Once you get in your car, though, that is the extreme decompression area for me. That was where I could take a deep breath and say, okay, I'm done with work, time to relax. Let's listen to some music. Uh, and I would listen to uh, the CDs I burned earlier that day because uh, this was early 2000s. We didn't, uh, MP3 players weren't affordable yet and iPhones didn't exist. Uh, but then, you know, just jump in the car and start driving home. And if you're lucky, your coworker didn't uh, leave his stash of weed on top of the bar and uh, you don't see him pan- in panic mode wait, you know, trying to figure out how to get, get back into the bar because, like I said, none of us had keys to get in. So once you were out, you were out. And if you forgot something, it was going to be there till the next day. In fact, that was a tradition uh, before, you know, uh, when on weekends when there were four of us on shift, three or four of us, uh, always right as we walked out the door, one of my waitresses, uh, as soon as the door shut, she goes, oh, my God, my keys, and then start digging around in her purse looking for her keys. Oh, thank God I got them. And then she'd get into that Volkswagen Sirocco that she drove for some reason and uh, uh, then go home. So it became tradition for me or, you know, just looking out for my coworkers. I would immediately say before we uh, even thought about walking towards the door, I'd say, you got your keys? And then she, oh my God. And then diving into her purse. Oh, thank you so much for reminding me. You know, even after I, I got fired from that bar, I wandered in for, uh, to visit and, uh, at closing time. And I did the same thing just because why not? I, I, as soon as she got her purse on her shoulder, I say, you got your keys. Oh my God. And then go into her purse, grab her keys. She, and then she looks up at me and says, you know what? I miss you. And which she's a, uh, the reason why I got fired, so fuck her. But then you go home, maybe watch some TV for a little while, make a little snack, even though you're probably not really that hungry. And that's pretty much the end of your night. That's all I have to say about that. So anyway, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol. Come on up to the bar because I'm not going out there. You, it, It's scary out there. No, actually, I'm uh, I'm just lazy, and there are already four people at the uh, at the bar wanting a drink. So, uh, come and get your drink now; otherwise, you're not getting anything. Uh, special thanks, as usual, to Laura Hope and the Arctones for the music for the head of the show. Uh, remember to go check them out at laurahopeandthearc-tones.com. Go check out some more of their music. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, let find out when they're playing a show. They might be playing a show near you. You never know. Just remember when they start to play Dr. Bartender, yell, Hey, bar- or, Hey, bartender podcast or dude, they probably won't understand it right away, but they'll get it later. I I'm, I'm pretty sure about that. Also, thank you to crystalmixer.com for letting me steal a, that, uh, recipe for the closing time Kool-Aid, uh, Go check out their website. They've got a lot of great drink recipes on there. And, uh, you know, you might learn something new. You never know. Remember, people, if you want to be a guest on Hey Bartender Podcast, swap some stories, promote yourself a little bit, just email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com, or you can message me on the social medias, on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. All of those are at Hey Bartender Podcast. Remember to listen to Hey Bartender Podcast wherever Hey Bartender Podcast is available. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor FM. Uh, there's 
tons of places. You can just uh, search me out and you will find Hey Bartender Podcast. I appreciate all of you listening. I appreciate all of your support and all the people that follow me on all the social medias. You guys are fucking awesome. And, you know, come back every weekend. I'll have another show. Hopefully, I will have a new guest for you. So, as usual, I just want to tell you all lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's last go? I just got hit.